Hello everyone, welcome to the Memorial Heights Baptist Church podcast. Today's message was given by Pastor DJ Ritchie on October 10th, 2021, during our Sunday evening service. We have services multiple times throughout the week that we would love to see you at. They are Sunday morning Bible study at 9.15 a.m., Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m., Sunday evening service for the adults at 6.30 p.m., Sunday evening service for the youth group starting at 6 o'clock p.m., and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. We want to thank you for spending time listening today and encourage you to share these messages with a friend so they too might hear the Word of God. But for now, grab your Bible, open your ears, and let's get into it. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. Have you ever bought something that came with a guarantee? Unbreakable. Unbreakable glass. Waterproof. How do you know if that's true? How do you know if that watch is really waterproof unless you drop it in the water? I mean, you could be wearing that thing for years. Just assuming that that guarantee was true, but until it gets tested, until that bottle that you bought that promises to be unbreakable, and that was marketed, I remember about, I guess it was about 10 years ago, there was a line of unbreakable jugs that all the college students were carrying around, and uh, a friend of mine had one, and I uh, was there when it fell off the table, and crack it just hit at that right angle not unbreakable not really maybe break resistant (laughs) you could sell it that way maybe water resistant but the reality is until things are tested we can't really know if they're true or not God is going to allow some things into our life for two reasons number one we get to test him We get to see if His promises are true. We get to see if His guarantees are true or not. And number two, God gets to test us. He gets to see if we're really walking by faith. And really, He already knows. But we get to see if we're walking by faith or if we're walking by sight. If we're fair-weather Christians or if we're willing to stand for God and to trust in God And to pray and and claim the promises of God even when we can't see Him working. Even when it looks hopeless. I know we're going to go to Daniel chapter 2 in just a moment, but let me remind you, Hebrews chapter 11 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. And then after talking about the faith of Abel and the faith of Enoch, the faith of Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Jacob, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, the people of Israel, Rahab, the harlot. What shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, David also and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms. Wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. So we're talking about Daniel now. Quenched 
The violence of fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Now, not everyone was delivered. Some were stoned, were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. William Tyndale, 500 years ago burned alive so that we could read the Bible in our own language. The world was not worthy of him. And the world is not worthy of any who are living by faith. That's the whole point here. God is providing some better things for us. Verse 40 says that they without us should not be made perfect. These Historical accounts are given to us in Daniel and throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament as well to show us that God has always responded to faith. And God is looking to increase our faith and to grow our faith and to strengthen our faith. And so with that in mind, we go to Daniel chapter 2 and we get to look at whether or not God is going to keep his promises and God is going to show his strength and whether or not the faith of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah is real walk by faith, not by sight faith. And so we go to Daniel chapter 2. Now, last week as we looked at Daniel chapter 1, we talked about Daniel's unique prophetic perspective. A Jew in Babylon who, unlike many of the other prophets of God, is not sent to the people of God in Israel itself, but is a prophet outside of Israel, and he is on the outside looking in, and he is seeing the future of Israel from the Gentile perspective, and he is modeling for us end times living in the shadows of Babylon. Uh, We are living in the shadows of mystery Babylon, whether you realize it or not. And so there's a lot that we can apply to our own lives from the example of, of the prophet Daniel. He didn't wait until he was older to get serious about his faith. He was maybe 14, 15, maybe 16 or 17 at the probably at the oldest, but a young man, a teenager, and yet he and his friends despite their youth, maybe because of their youth, maybe because of their childlike faith in in God, were able to stand strong together. In the face of testing, they refused to compromise. They purposed in their heart. Daniel, we're told, purposed in his heart to keep God's law. And so he developed a plan to keep himself and his friends pure. And in response to their obedience, God blessed Daniel. God blessed Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And he equipped all four of them for powerful service. Now, Last week, we looked at Daniel in the providence of God. This week, I want to show you Daniel in the presence of Nebuchadnezzar. And I want to show you a couple things. We're not going to look at the prophecy itself tonight. We're going to look at that next week because this is a very in-depth and very important prophecy as it relates to the end times. Much of it has been fulfilled, and it's been fulfilled literally. And because of what's been fulfilled literally, we know that what has not yet been fulfilled will equally be fulfilled Literally, so we'll get to the prophecy itself, Lord willing, next week. But I want to show you the faith of Daniel and how God worked in Daniel, through Daniel, 
And before one of the most wicked kings in the world at that time, Nebuchadnezzar. Let's look, first of all, at the fury of the sleepless king, verses 1 through 12. And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, now let me stop there just for a second. Historically, the first year of a, of a pagan king's reign was called the year of ascension. And so they began to count the years of the reign after that first year of ascension. So in, remember, the Bible's written in a historical context. So in the historical context of the day, and we're going to see this uh, again uh, in just a few moments, this is actually the third year of his reign on the throne, but it's the second official year of his reign because the first year is considered the year of ascension. And so in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep break from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king and the king said unto them, I've dreamed a dream and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syriac, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants thy dream and we will show the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. If ye will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made a dunghill. But if ye show the dream and the interpretation thereof, ye shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. They answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation of it. The king answered and said, I know of certainty that ye would gain the time. Because you see, the thing is gone from me. But if you will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you. For ye have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation thereof. The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, Lord, nor ruler that asks such a thing of any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. And it is a rare thing that the king requireth. And there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods who dwell, whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this cause, the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. Now, we've all had disturbing dreams. And we've all had that experience. Uh, I've had night terrors. I've had uh, uh, sleep paralysis I, that I had to deal with when I was uh, younger and God delivered me from that. Uh, we'll talk more about that at some other time. But so I know I know what he's talking about when you talk about waking up and and your spirit is unsettled and you're upset and the sheets are drenched. I mean that that part's not in there, but I, I can imagine that part. And he's just desperate to know. And we've also all had that experience when you have a dream and you wake up and it's like you're trying to remember it as it's leaving your mind and you're like, why was, I, why was that so upsetting? Why was that so disturbing? And we can't really grasp it. It's gone from us in a moment. And so he is unsettled. And God is speaking to Nebuchadnezzar through a disturbing but fleeting dream. Now, why would God do that? It's not the first time that God has spoken to a pagan king through dreams. We remember the story of Pharaoh. It's how God brought Joseph uh, up into a, a position of great influence and power in Egypt. And now, again, pagan king 
pagan nation, God's prophet. The stage is being set. But there's a couple reasons that God has done it this way, I believe. Number one, it showed Nebuchadnezzar the limits of his power. Later on in the dream, as we'll see, Lord willing, next week, Nebuchadnezzar is called the king of kings on earth at that time. Nevertheless, this king of kings could not control his own dreams. He couldn't reign in his own spirit. And friend, it doesn't matter how much power you have. It doesn't matter how much wealth you have. If you don't have control of your own mind and your own emotions, friend, only God can give you control. Only God can give you peace that passes understanding. Only God can bring comfort where humanly it's impossible to experience comfort. We saw this in Ecclesiastes in the life of Solomon. Again, started out as a godly king as a young man and great wealth, great wisdom. And yet, Hebel, Hebelim, Vanity of vanities, breath is breath of breaths. Everything is a breath. Everything is fleeting. And, and he was just desperate to find how can we get eternal significance when life is so short and so fragile and so fleeting. And Solomon went through much of his life trying to find happiness and contentment and control apart from the fear of the Lord. And he concluded there is only one way. That's the fear of the Lord. And God is going to show Nebuchadnezzar this reality as well. Job chapter 7. Job experienced this reality as well. What is man that thou shouldst magnify him and that thou shouldst set thine heart upon him and that thou shouldst visit him every morning and try him every moment? How long wilt thou not depart from me nor let me alone till I swallow down my spittle? I have sinned. What shall I do unto thee, O thou preserver of men? Why hast thou set me as a mark against thee so that I am a burden to myself? Why dost thou not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now shall I sleep in the dust and thou shalt seek me in the morning, but I shall not be. Job was so desperate because of that was a different situation he was a godly man but under demonic oppression under under uh, 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 the persecution of the devil himself and he was despairing of life and his spirit was unsettled and he's crying out to God and God did answer him and God did answer him and God gave him peace and God's going to answer Nebuchadnezzar as well though not in the way that he expects and so God is showing Nebuchadnezzar number one the limits of his own power number two he's showing them the weakness of his spiritual advisors. The weakness of all of the magicians, the religious scribes, the conjurers, the idolaters, the pagan priests of Babylon. Do you know it's so tragic that there are people who profess to be Christians and they are more worried about what the horoscope says than what God's Word says. There is no hope and no peace and no comfort from the magicians and the sorcerers and the pagan idolaters and the pagan priests. And Paul in 1 Corinthians chapters 1 and 2 spends a lot of time, we're not going to take the time to go there, but he spends a lot of time talking about the greatness of the wisdom of God and the foolishness of the wisdom of man. And man in his folly looks at God's wisdom and says, oh, that's crazy. And God as it says elsewhere in, in the Psalms, God laughs at the wicked 
And so he's showing Nebuchadnezzar that your spiritual advisors who claim to have all of this supernatural power and insight, they have zero when it matters. Oh, there, there is real demonic power there, but not that can give you peace, not that can solve and fix your problems, only that can create more problems for you. And then, of course, as we've already mentioned, God was showing Nebuchadnezzar the value of his servant Daniel. Because when Daniel is able to interpret the dream, as we'll see next week, Lord willing, God blesses Daniel. God uses this pagan king to then turn around and bless Daniel and give him honor and position and influence and great wealth. And it's a reminder of Psalm 84.11, the Lord God, Yahavah Elohim, is a sun and shield. Jehovah will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are going to experience that promise. And of course, ultimately, God does this to show Nebuchadnezzar the supremacy of Daniel's God. To show Nebuchadnezzar, the king of kings, the greatest, most powerful man in the world at that time, he thought, to show him that all of your gods are just created beings. They're demonic spirits, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. They're not the gods that they claim to be. At some point, Lord willing, we'll look at Psalm 82. I'll show you some amazing truths that are revealed to us in Psalm 82. The counsel of the gods... Some people try to dismiss Psalm 82 as a psalm that's written about world leaders, human leaders. And yet Jesus quoted from Psalm 82 as evidence of his own deity. He's not talking about human beings. Human beings are not the subject of Psalm 82. Otherwise, Jesus' quotation of that psalm makes no sense. He's talking about the supremacy of the creator God, the one true God over all these beings, these supernatural beings who claim to be God. And so all of this is part of why God showed this dream to this pagan king, the fury of the sleepless king. Notice, though, the faith of the threatened prophet in verse 13. The faith of the threatened prophet, understand the threat to Daniel was very real. The threat to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is very real. Verse 13 says, And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. Now let me show you three things very quickly. Number one, the test of faith came early. It came early. It came at the very beginning of Daniel's service. We know that because, as we saw last week, that Daniel was in training. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah were in training in Babylon for three years. This dream is given to Nebuchadnezzar in the second year of his reign, which was actually the third year, because again, the first year doesn't count in that culture. They consider the first year the year of ascension. So now year of ascension, year one, year two, which is actually would be the third year. So this is Daniel fresh out of college. <laughs> 
This is Daniel fresh out of training, and these guys are just beginning. That's why they, he wasn't there when, when uh, the king called all of the, all of the wise men and all of the people of status because he was just, they were just novices at that time. They, they didn't have any status. They didn't have any uh, resume to speak of. They just you know graduated with honor, so to speak. And so this test came very early. Number two, it came very unexpectedly. It was an unexpected test of faith. There was no warning. There was no time for him to prepare. And that's why you need to prepare ahead of time. You need to make sure you're walking with the Lord ahead of time before the trouble comes. Because there are things that we can see coming, but there are other things that they just come out of nowhere. A test of faith, a trial Remember what Solomon says again, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time as the fishes that are taken in an evil net and as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. We are in an evil time today. The net has been cast. We have been caught in the net. It is not because God has abandoned us. It is because time and chance has happened to us. It is because we are born in and born for an evil day. The test came unexpectedly. Number three, the test came urgently. This was life and death. This was life and death. You know, there are many times in my life when uh, I thought that I was under some great trial and some great heavy test. And, you know, when you're a puppy, I guess everything seems big, right? When you're, when you're small, when you're young, whether that's literally physically young or, or, or spiritually young, everything seems big. But I haven't been in too many life and death situations, this was a life and death situation. This was a real test of faith. And so how do they respond? They responded like the disciples in Acts 12 when Peter was in a life and death situation. When Peter was in prison, James had been executed. And so uh, King Herod thought, well, I, everybody was, you know, all the evil people were happy that I killed James. So how about I get Peter? How about I get the head disciple? And the church came together and they desperately prayed for Peter they prayed they prayed they prayed but I'm not sure how great their faith was because when God answered their prayer they didn't believe it <laughs> and Peter's knocking at the door that can't be Peter it must be his ghost God didn't answer our prayer I saw somebody, I think it was Paul Nightingale, I posted something this week on Facebook about if you're, if you're praying for something you better start preparing for God to answer your prayer so if you're praying, start preparing. That's what Daniel did. Let's look, look quickly at the fellowship of the praying believers in verses 17 through 19. Daniel went in, desired of the king, verse 16, for more time, and then Daniel went to his house, and he made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. And then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. We'll look at his praise in just a moment. But 
Notice a couple things about this fellowship, this gathering together for prayer, for the purpose of prayer. Number one, he asked for the time to pray. He asks for time. He does not respond in panic. He doesn't get emotional in panic. He prepares. He, he takes the time to prepare and he seeks time to prepare spiritually because God hadn't given him the answer yet. He's going to ask God for the answer, but God hasn't given him to him yet. So he's asking for time for God to answer the prayers that he's about to pray. And there is so much modeled there for us that we make the time and seek the time to pray and to get prepared and to seek God and not just to... Listen, there are times when we shoot up those flare prayers, right? A friend of mine in, in high school has told me, hey, you shoot up a flare prayer. There's times Nehemiah, when he was before the king, he had, he had seconds, so he shot up a flare prayer. But listen, we don't want to rely all of our life on flare prayers. We want to make sure that we have time to really commit to prayer and to praying together. Daniel asked for time to pray. Matthew 8, 26, He saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? And then Jesus arose. He rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Why are you guys so panicked? The boats that were sinking, Jesus. Look, this, the, the waves are... are you're, in the, you're in the back of the boat sleeping. We're going to die. Wake up, wake up. And don't you love that Jesus got irritated that they, that they interrupted his nap? I mean, isn't that just the humanity of Jesus there? The sinless humanity, by the way. Sinless humanity. Guys, why are you waking me up? What, where's your faith? You think God the Father is going to let me drown? Really? You think I'm going to let you drown? So don't panic. Pray. Daniel asked for time to pray. Daniel, Daniel then prayed with other believers. He gathered for the specific purpose of prayer. He gathered for the specific purpose of prayer. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 verse 23 says this. They went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them, the threats that were made against the disciples. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. The disciples and all the other believers gathered in one accord, and they prayed and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up. He's quoting Psalm chapter 2 here. The rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against Against his Christ, for of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And they go on and they pray and they ask God to intervene. And when they had prayed, verse 31, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. We need more boldness. We need God to shake us up a little bit. And God's going to do that only in response to our prayers and our seeking Him and pleading with Him and praising Him and trusting Him. The, the, uh, the time that Daniel asked for was used in prayer. And then notice Daniel and his friends prayed for the mercies of the God of heaven. They asked very specifically for God's mercy. They did not know how God was going to answer them. 
They did not know if God was going to reveal this mystery to them. They did not know. God had not promised that yet. Now, we, we found out in chapter 1 that Daniel was given the spiritual gift of being able to interpret dreams, of, of receiving prophetic dreams and being able to interpret prophetic dreams. But at this point, uh, apparently Daniel had not really received that gift or experienced that gift yet. And so he's praying. They don't know what's going to happen. They're saying, God, please reveal this secret. Please spare our lives. And yet, even though they didn't know what God was going to do, as Job said in Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will maintain mine own ways before him. That was their attitude as they went to God. We're going to see that attitude repeated in the fiery furnace, repeated in the lion's den as we get further into this book. And so how does God respond to the faithfulness of praying believers? He reveals his faithfulness. The faithfulness of the sovereign God is revealed to us in verses 19 and following. Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. Listen, we're asking for God to change the times and the seasons right now. We're asking for God to intervene. We're asking for God to give us more time to preach the gospel, to fulfill our mission of the Great Commission before he returns. And as we see the world heading faster and faster towards the spirit of Antichrist and the Antichrist system and all of that control grid that we know is going to drop into place in the book of Revelation, we're asking God to keep his promise and to keep the door of evangelism open until we are removed from this planet. That's how we're praying. We're praying for his mercy and we're praying for his promises. We're praying to the God who can change the times and seasons, who removeth kings, who setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. Now there are, as we've seen in the, uh, the book of Deuteronomy, there are secret things that belong to the Lord our God. There are things that God will never reveal. They belong to him. But there are things that have been revealed to us. And Moses says these things belong to us forever. Because there are things about God that we can know because he's revealed them. There are things about the future that we can know because God has revealed them. And here he is praising God for revealing secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. Listen, we walk through a dark world and we do not know what is beyond the light that is given to our feet. God's word is a lamp unto our feet a light unto our path but we can't see very far but God knows what's up in the dark God knows what's waiting for us he's already there and he already has a plan for how he's going to deliver us I thank thee verse 23 and praise thee O thou God of my fathers who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter listen we are so thankful for what God answers when we ask for him to intervene. But are we responding to answered prayer the way that Daniel responded to answered prayer? Or are we like the five-year-old who wants this, wants this, wants this, wants this, and gets it, and then wants this, wants this, wants this, wants this, and we're trying to train him. Be thankful. Be thankful for what you have. 
Be thankful for what you're given. Focus on what you have. And that's really hard because uh, Daddy likes to spoil him. So uh, that's not all his fault. Are we thankful? Do we, do we worship God in response to answered prayer? Do we really? Is it something that we say and then we move on? Or do we really give him glory for the prayers that he answers? Notice some things here quickly about what Daniel says about God. Number one, he praises God's wisdom and his might. He realizes and recognizes that none are his equal. There is no one greater. There is no one more powerful. There is no one with more wisdom than the infinite, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. Number two, again, God's sovereignty over times and seasons. His sovereignty over human power and understanding. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't raise up wicked kings and wicked leaders. Why did God raise up Pharaoh? God raised Pharaoh up. He said, oh, you want to be proud? You want to be defiant? Oh, I'll make you great. You want to you be defiant? You want to harden your heart against me, Pharaoh? I'll bring you up real high. And then I'm going to bring you down. And I'm going to show the world. I'm going to show my people that it doesn't matter how much power you have. I have all power. I have all understanding. God's revelation of the future to and through his prophets was revealed in this prayer as an answer to this prayer. That's why 1 Thessalonians 5.20 says, despise not prophesying. God does reveal the future to and through his prophets. And notice number four, God's gracious blessing of wisdom and might in answer to prayer. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. And if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Lord who gives to all men liberally. God wants you to have strength for today. He wants you to be able to do everything he's called you to do. And he wants you to have the wisdom to know how to do it. But we need to make sure that we're seeking him for that strength, seeking him for that wisdom. And God blessed the prayers of these four young men. And in response, we see, and again, we're going to look at this next week, but the future of the world's kingdoms. The future of the world's kingdoms. Let me give you a little spoiler alert. They're all going to fall. They're all going to fall. Now, there's going to be a lot that happens before that happens. But when it happens, our rock, the rock of Jesus Christ, is going to come back. Revelation 19 says he's not coming back with, uh, for his church. He's coming back with his church. We're already going to be with him. And he's coming back. And all the armies of the world are going to be gathered against him. And it's not going to matter one bit. And we're not going to be there fighting with him. He's going to do it all. We're going to be there. We're going to be the bride of Christ. Where he's just showing us off. Praise the Lord. And then he's going to set up his kingdom. And he's going to stick his head. He's going to stick the, the, the head of the Antichrist under his boot. And he's going to stick the head of the dragon under his boot. And he's going to set up a kingdom that will begin in the first thousand years over the whole earth uninterrupted 
unchallenged. There's going to be one last gasp of the dragon after he's released from prison. But that kingdom is not going to end. It's going to go into the new heavens and the new earth, and it's going to reign forever and ever and ever, and it's going to extend into eternity. Revelation eleven fifteen. the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. I wonder if our voices will be those voices since we'll be there with him. Something to think about. So let me give you a couple thoughts as we wrap this up tonight. What is God bringing into my life? What is God allowing into my life to test my faith in Him? To reveal it, to show it. To see whether it is what I say it is. To show me where I need to grow. Because if I find cracks in my faith... That's not a reason to abandon faith. That's a reason to strengthen my faith. That's a reason to get farther and farther into the Word of God and deeper and deeper into prayer so that God will strengthen our faith and grow us and mature us. Number two, am I preparing now for future tests of faith? Because they're coming. Tests are coming. Trials are coming. You ain't seen nothing yet. If you think that things can't get worse, I mean, they seem to get worse every week. You think that if you think this is as bad as it's going to get, I've, I've got news for you. And, and I'm not just talking about culturally. We don't know what awaits us in, in the realms of our health. We don't know what awaits us in the realm of finances. We don't know what is awaiting us. So we need to prepare now and be trusting God now and be growing in our faith now. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they didn't just come out of nowhere as men of faith. They were men who committed before this trial came. They had another trial. And they got, they got their hearts set right there. And they stuck together for three years. And they strengthened and sharp, iron sharpening iron for three years. And they were prepared. And when the trial came, Daniel knew exactly who he was going to go to pray with him. Guys, it doesn't take even Gideon's 300. Four men. Four guys whose hearts were sold out for Jesus Christ. Well, we know Him as Jesus Christ. They knew Him simply as Yahweh. Four men who were sold out with their faith in God, Jehovah God. That was enough. That was enough. We don't need an army. We have an army. We have the King of kings and Lord of lords. Am I praying with other believers for God's divine intervention? Am I praying with other believers? We have time here on Wednesday nights, but listen, that's not enough. We need, to, we need to be praying with our spouses, with our families. We need to be praying with our friends. We need to make prayer, corporate prayer, a priority, especially, I mean, I don't know how much worse things need to get before we get serious about prayer and serious about our faith and, and what it's going to take for the church to wake up. Am I praising God when He answers my prayers? Am I praising God when He answers my prayers? And is my hope in the return of Jesus Christ and His certain eternal reign? Because that's really where this prophecy is going to go as we begin to unlock this incredible vision that is given first to Nebuchadnezzar, then to the prophet. Same vision. Because as soon as Nebuchadnezzar hears it, he goes, yep, that was it. That's exactly what I dreamed. 
And then he knew, because Daniel could reveal the dream, that what God was saying to him was the truth in the interpretation of it. And the dream is all about the return of Jesus Christ to set up the eternal kingdom. That's where our hope really needs to be. We talked about that this morning, guys. The, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. We are, we are pilgrims and strangers. We are here as ambassadors for the, for the true kingdom. And we need to remind ourselves of that every single day. Andy's going to come. We're going to sing one hymn of invitation. If you have a need, the altar will be open. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask, him God, uh, ask God to speak to our hearts right now as we close. Father, we thank you for the faith of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. God, we thank you for, God, your faithfulness to them. And God, we know this account is in there because you want us to learn from their faith. And God, you want us to trust in you the way that they trusted in you. You want to show yourself faithful to us as well. And God, we don't know what the future holds any more than they did, but God, may we place our faith and trust in you. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. You raised him from the dead. You've forgiven us of all of our sins. God, is there anything too hard for you? If you've shown us how much you love us through that, God, is there any, any greater statement of love than that? So God, help us to have a deeper understanding of your great love for us to grow in our faith in you. We ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's all for today. I hope this has made a positive impact in your relationship with Jesus. If you have never accepted Christ as your Savior and you would like to know how, please give one of our pastors a call at 301-724-5876. We would love nothing more than to share the good news with you. We hope to see you soon, and until next time, stay faithful.